From COK Studios in Peter Sagal's Rumpus Room, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. On today's show, we'll consider the increasingly odd relationship between President Obama and Russian President Vladimir Putin. We'll also consider the legacy of notorious cyclist Lance Armstrong, who turns 41 this week. And we'll consider why I can't stop biting my cuticles. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from PBN. Now showing the new British sci-fi drama, Downton Abbey, Deep Space Nine. Starring Judy Dench and Michael Dorn, airing this Sunday. And the Mr. Cuddles Foundation, helping to eradicate feline gingivitis one cat at a time. From COK News in Washington, I'm Ash Moncaster with these headlines. Larry Summers called President Obama on Sunday to tell him of his decision not to seek the job of Federal Reserve Chairman. Citing what he calls an acrimonious confirmation process, Mr. Summers will not be the one to succeed Ben Bernanke. Mr. Obama is encouraging people to send him resumes for potential applicants and said that anyone interested in the job must like money, enjoy monumental challenges, and be good at counting. Anyone who owns their own calculator will be given preferential treatment. And a bookless library opened in Bexar County, Texas this week, offering 10,000 free e-books to its patrons. Inside the library is a coffee-less coffee shop and a giftless gift shop. I'm Ash Moncaster, COK News in Washington. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. The relationship between Russia and the United States has been very hard to get a handle on lately. President Obama and President Vladimir Putin have had awkward exchanges and been contemptuous of each other over a variety of issues, most notably the Edward Snowden affair and the conflict in Syria. We at Consider Our Knowledge have been following the hot and cold Obama-Putin relationship, and now with the situation in Syria seemingly under control via a diplomatic solution, we would like to recap everything that has gone down. Here with us in the studio are our foreign affairs correspondent, Cordell Nutbrock, and our gossip correspondent, Melissa Reynolds, a popular 15-year-old girl from Covington Academy. Good to see you both. Hi, Connor. Hello. So let's get back uh, to a bit earlier this summer when things between Obama and Putin started to get tense. Well, it all started when Edward Snowden asked for asylum in Russia. Obama was adamant that Russia sends Snowden back to the U.S. to stand trial for leaking top-secret documents. Yeah, of course, we all know that Putin was unwilling to do that, and then he ended up granting Snowden asylum. Yes, quite. Now, that was obviously the first in a long summer of issues for these two men. Totes. I was checking my account on the People's Government Monitored Social Internet site on the day Russia granted Snowden asylum, and Putin was basically saying that Obama thinks he's all that but he really isn't. What is the People's Government Monitored Social Internet site, anyway? It's the Russian Facebook. Anyways, his status that day was, have you ever had one of those days where you defy a decadent Western power feeling super powerful right now? (sighs) OMG. Wow, that says it all. That wasn't the only instance where Putin and Obama used social media to vent about the other one. Really? Yes, I'll defer to Melissa on this one. Okay, so that same day, Obama tweeted, I guess someone thinks the Cold War isn't over. Hashtag back in the USSR. I see. Right? There's also been added tension over Russia's anti-gay laws. But honestly, the biggest issue all summer has been Syria. Oh, sure. 
Yes, Russia's ties to Syria has made the Obama-Putin relationship more strained than ever. It's pretty amazing that we were able to work out a diplomatic solution with Russia after what we saw at the G20 summit earlier this month. Now, that's right. You were both there covering it. It was weird. First of all, they never sat together at any of the sessions or luncheons, and what contact they had was very forced. Okay, so my friend Greta is one of Angela Merkel's aides, and she said that she saw President Obama roll his eyes while Putin was talking, and then he passed a really harsh note to Francois Hollande that said Putin smelled like vodka and throw up. Sounds like someone's throwing shade. I also heard that Prime Minister Cameron got in trouble with Putin for not saving a seat next to him during one of the snack breaks. That was really bad. I heard that Cameron told Putin he would save him a seat, but then Obama just sat down and Cameron didn't say anything. And then Putin ended up having his snack with Shinzo Abe, and they decided to uninvite Cameron to their movie night at the Kremlin. Wow, so this thing was bigger than just Obama and Putin then. Absolutely. Putin had a cocktail hour and movie night in his private salon in the Kremlin, and only a few select leaders from the summit were invited. Obviously, Obama was not invited, and neither was Cameron. Even though Cameron told everyone he was tired and just wanted to hang out at the hotel, he was really mad that he didn't get to go to the movie night. They watched Dirty Dancing. If you look at the photos taken the next day, Mr. Cameron's eyes are really puffy. Now, do you think he was crying? I do. Oh, he was totally crying. He tweeted, can't wait to get back home. Hashtag sad at the G20. Wow, world leaders can be really catty. We'll just need to see what happens as things move forward with the Syrian situation. Yes, we will. Thank you both for coming by. You're welcome. Laters. That was Melissa Reynolds and Cordell Nutbrock. It's been about nine months since Lance Armstrong admitted to cheating and was stripped of his Tour de France titles. Mr. Armstrong turns 41 this week. And as he celebrates this birthday, we'll take a look at his legacy. Here's our sports guy, Rick Van Patten, with this commentary. Lance Armstrong was a hero to many for what he was able to overcome and accomplish. And now he isn't, because it was all a lie. But even though he cheated, there is still something to be learned from his experiences. Americans are cheaters. Our country is born to cheat. The United States wouldn't exist without cheating. If the Minutemen hadn't thrown the rules of battle out the window, we would all be spelling color and neighbor with a U. So, who among us can really call themselves an American and deride Lance Armstrong at the same time? Lance was just doing what Americans have done for centuries, cheat to win. Baseball is America's pastime, and it has more cheaters than any other sport combined. It's no wonder our country's most beloved game is rife with cheaters. Pete Rose? Cheater. Shoeless Joe Jackson? Cheater. Barry Bonds, cheater. It's almost un-American to play fair. Bombing Japan at the end of World War II wasn't really playing fair, and neither was Richard Nixon's attempt to fix an election. These cheaters all get punished in one way or another, but seeing previous cheaters get punished clearly didn't stop them from following the American dream of cheating. So don't be afraid to cut corners to get ahead, because that's a good way to show your Americanness. We love cheaters and liars. Look at our presidents. Bill Clinton, liar. John F. Kennedy, liar. FDR, that guy lied about his polio. You can always tell an American, not by the color of his skin or the content of his character, but by the flammability of his pants. This is Lance Armstrong's legacy. Happy birthday, Lance. That's all the time we have for this edition of Consider Our Knowledge. As always, you can go to our website, considerourknowledge.com, for more stories and updates. 
You can find us at iTunes, and now Consider Our Knowledge is available at Stitcher.com. I'm Connor Bentley. Thanks for listening. My shamrock shake!